Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in on this week's episode. I'm going to talk to you about, I'm going to talk about mining your business, mining your own business. Um, yeah, just a little bit uh, on the Bitcoin mining uh, business stuff. And then, uh, you know, also don't be dependent on NGU, which is number go up technology. Um, and then uh, also want to talk to you a little bit about um, uh, last night I heard uh Magoo on a Twitter Spaces, if you guys know Hoddle Magoo, um, talking about uh, the businesses and and like the fragility of businesses. I don't even think he was necessarily talking about the fragility of businesses, but made me think of something that I wanted to talk about. Um, and then uh, also uh, some Bitcoin movie news. Um, so uh, update you on all of that stuff and stuff that we have going on at movies plus which you should subscribe and sign up to get a year for $24 it's $2 a month use the promo code Corey c-o-r-y i keep seeing those promo codes fly off the shelves so don't be the last listener to use it uh yeah promo code Corey c-o-r-y and you will get yourself a nice little subscription and support a company that uh you know supports me and supports the mission that we're going for which is to uh you know free speech voices, every voice out there, um, give every voice a, an equal opportunity. And, uh, that's what we're going for. So, uh, on top of that, <coughs> apologies, I just random cough. Um, and again, like I mentioned, I don't have a cough button. If I was in a professional radio station, I would have the button that you could hit and then nobody would hear me going. <coughs> um, but, uh, anyways, this is what I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with a MacBook that is older than my kids and, uh, you know, some <laughs> uh, the world's finest microphone uh, that you can get on Amazon from China for very cheap. Um, anyways, so, bu -bu -bu -bu. oh, and then also thanks to the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet from Shift Crypto. Go to shiftcrypto.ch slash Bitcoin Made Simple. And use the promo code Bitcoin Made Simple to get 5% off your order and get yourself some hardware wallets. Get a hardware wallet to start. But you could also get like a steel plate there um, and uh, get your coins off the exchange because I'm week in and week out baffled by the people that apparently don't know how to control that or do that at all. Like there's people that have been in this industry forever. And they'll like slip up or not maybe slip up, just they'll actually say it. And they'll come out and be like, you know, oh, I lost X number of Bitcoin, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, what? How, why? What? Um, so, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, if you are somebody that's custodying your own coins, then you're probably in the, ooh, I'd say top five percentile of Bitcoiners. I got to be completely honest. I mean, the, the market share like that there is for these wallet companies to grab is massive. I'm saying five percent, five percentile, and that's probably generous. It's probably like the top one percentile. Um, you know, because like, uh, like there's a statistic I could be wrong. I think, I think if you with golf, okay, so if you're a golfer and you know, par 72, you know, on the pro tour, they shoot a couple under, um, uh, on their massive court, you know, huge courses, they're much tougher, but you know, if you are a like really, really good golfer, then you can, you know, play close to par. Um, 
But most people, if you go out and go golfing and you've never gone, you're probably going to shoot like 140 on 18 holes. Um, you know, if you golf every once in a while or business things only, and you don't like completely humiliate yourself, you're probably going to hit like 110 to 120. Um, but if you hit, I believe it's under a hundred, then you're in the top one percentile of golfers in the world. Um, so, uh, you know, with Bitcoiners, if you custody your own coins, I'm, I'm willing to say until someone can prove me otherwise that you're in the top one percentile of Bitcoiners because shockingly, there are tons of people that do not custody their coins. Um, and, uh, you know, they pay the consequences for it. So, all right. And also, also shout out to Upstream Data. Go to upstreamdata.ca and check out their black box and all their mining equipment because their black box is a lifesaver. It is amazing. And it makes that miner really, really quiet, not noticeable to anyone in the house. That's wonderful. So thanks to them. And uh, yeah, so to get into just one more thing to touch on the I'm not like trying to like beat up on anyone in particular. So if you are thinking that I'm talking about a specific person in this space, not custodying their coins, there's not one particular one. It's just like I've seen over and over again, like people where they're like, you know, like you think they're, you know, you're like, oh, the person's like a hardcore Bitcoiner. And then like all of a sudden, I don't know, like a year later, you and they'll like come out and just be like, oh yeah, everything I have is like, you know, um, GBTC, you know, and you're like, what? Um, and you know, they don't, they hold paper Bitcoin and then, or, you know, and then there's the one like, so those are like, that's the obvious, obvious one. Um, but then there's, you know, also the, um, the, whatchamacallit, uh, the people that, you know, they don't say anything, but they probably have it on an exchange somewhere sitting there and, and not actually moving it into a wallet. And that my friends is dangerous and do not do that. <laughs> so, but like, I, I think there's a lot of people, I mean, not to bring him up in particular, but we saw, you know, uh, Luke dash jr. The, the Bitcoin, um, you know, core developer. So he's a Bitcoin core developer. And apparently doesn't custody his own keys or coins. Sorry, Bitcoin pup. Um, yikes. Like, holy crap. Um, that, that honestly worries me so much more than anything else in Bitcoin. The fact that a core dev is not custodying their coins. It's like, what kind of attack vector are we leaving open here that like, apparently nobody is comfortable with custodying their own coins. And I'm, I'm promise you, this is not like Bitbox did not reach out and say, Hey, we'll, you know, throw you some extra shekels. If you do a long discussion about custody, that's not what this is, but you should get a Bitbox O2 hardware wallet from shift crypto, go shift crypto.ch slash Bitcoin made simple use promo code Bitcoin made simple to get 5% off. <sighs> that was improv and it all came out in one breath. Um, just halfway through, I wanted to see if I could do it. So um, yeah, it just is like alarming to me that like how many people aren't custodying their coins and how much trouble could we be in if that leads to massive capture? You know, let's just say 
hypothetically, let's say 10% of Bitcoiners, this is a big stretch. Let's say 10% of people that have bought Bitcoin in their life have it on a wallet. Uh, the other 90% is at risk to be captured at any moment, whether that's from the state or from people that are doing nefarious things, whatever it may be, that's huge risk, huge, huge, huge risk. And, you know, so, you know, you're, everyone's a Bitcoiner, hey, you know, separate money from state, but keep my money in the Coinbase account because um, Coinbase uh, I mean, they're a private company, and I know that they like really tried to crap on Bitcoin and get rid of Bitcoin, and and tried to convince everybody to go away from Bitcoin and use Bcash and other things. But I mean, they're a really strong company, and I don't think that they're going to do anything uh, wrong. So I just keep my Bitcoin there. Not making fun of you if you do that. I did that for a long time, embarrassingly long, um, and I'm here to tell you that you got to get them off no matter where you buy it. I mean, then you have, you have Swan who's, a, you know, a, from all accounts, a great Bitcoin company. Um, I'm not involved with Swan. I don't know their inner workings, but I'm just telling you from everything I know and Corey Clipston, what up Corey, uh, team Corey, we, you know, he is a good dude. Um, you know, we've talked uh, before on this show and other times outside of it. Um, and uh, yeah, always willing to uh, help. And so I truly believe swan is is good but you shouldn't keep your keys there and or your coins there and they don't want you to either they're pretty open about it like hey get it and get it out of here take it um so yeah i just i don't know that's been weighing on my mind a lot ever since i saw luke dash jr have his uh bitcoin stolen and finding out that a core dev does not have his coins on a cold storage wallet i'm like man, we have a long way to go. Like we have, because like he even tried telling someone like that it wasn't a hot wallet. It was a cold wallet, but it was a hot wallet. It was not a cold wallet. And it's just like, oh my God. Like I, there were so much further behind than I thought we were. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people that have a lot of Bitcoin in very, very dangerous situations. So um, you know, you don't trust the banks, you don't trust the government or whatever, but all of a sudden, yeah, Coinbase, they're going to do the right thing. I, you know, I have faith in Brian Armstrong, bulbous head, Brian Armstrong, um, you know, and, uh, just get them off, get them off, get them off, get them off. Um, so anyways, that's my soapbox. I'm putting my soapbox away and putting it under my desk. And now I am Moving on, mind your business, uh, mind your business. So I, I've mentioned before, I was talking about like trying to use the energy underneath my feet uh, and my own property to mine. And I'm still, you know, exploring that. I mean, to drill a shallow natural gas well, it's probably gonna be pretty expensive. Um, you know, not gonna be cheap, but in the long run, having your own energy, is pretty sweet. Um, but then, you know, I've been like looking around. I have some oil and gas people in the area searching around, trying to find land that uh, could be places that, you know, might have more gas. And I mean, not that I don't want to have gas here on my property, but I also like don't 
necessarily want to have like a loud generator running next to my house. Um, you know, so I'm sure there's way we, ways we can muffle it and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, you know, as far as mining operation goes, I'm like, hey, you know, if there's a plot of land and it's going to cost X and, you know, we got to drill and set up the well and that's going to cost X and we get some hash huts from upstream data and we get all these different things. I mean, there's significant capital investment up front. Um, but with the promise of Bitcoin with no energy cost on the back end, it's pretty sweet. So looking into that, but then uh, at a family get together over the weekend, um, I was talking to my wife's uncle um, who has uh, they have an 80, 80 some odd acre Buffalo farm. Um, and, you know, I, was, I, I had asked him about what it costs to drill a well, because I know like his kids, um, most of them live on that property. Like, you know, they've, you know, divvied up some parcels of it so that uh, I think two out of his three kids uh, have built or are building a house somewhere within the 80 acres, uh, which is pretty awesome, you know, homestead level living. Um, and I'm not jealous at all. I mean, I'm kind of doing that now, but uh, you know, my kids are little, so I, they're here now, but it would be pretty awesome. And my son has talked about, uh, you know, the oldest who's had the time to think about it is talking about, you know, I'm going to build a house, which every kid when they're young, I'll go live with mommy and daddy forever. But, you know, uh, I, I'm not complaining if they want, if they want to move on the homestead and, you know, build their own house, welcome to it. So anyways, the, 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 they have tapped into the natural gas that my wife's uncle has been tapped into this whole time and they get natural gas for free. You know, all their appliances run off of it. Um, so I was talking to him asking about it. And now he told me, he said he, they didn't, the wells were there when they moved there 30 years ago or whatever it was. Um, and he has some kind of agreement with the people, I guess their well, uh, their maintainers, or I forget what they're called exactly. Um, and they, you know, are the ones that maintain the well and get the gas out and you know, basically probably sell it to the companies. Um, but he gets to use, he has some kind of an agreement where he's like, I get to use a certain number of MCF and that number, that MCF, you know, if I don't go over it, then, um, you know, I don't have to pay anything for the gas and that gas, uh, like he said, in the 30 years they've been there, never got over, you know, now they have three houses tapped into it, still not going over. Um, so yeah, I'm, I was talking to him about it and I was like, man, that, that would be great. You know, like that's, that's so cool. I'm so jealous. And, you know, so he said, I don't know how much it costs to, you know, drill, but you know, that's, yeah, he's like, if I can ask, and he's like, okay. So then I started, you know, I was telling him what I wanted to do and whatever. And like an hour later, he comes back over and he goes, hey, so I was thinking about your idea. What if, you know, you wanted to set something up like that in a place where somebody already had the gas going? And I was like, listening. <laughs> um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I thought to myself, if I had his property, that's what I'd be doing. But I'm not in, I'm not. Well, first of all, I don't like to get 
family involved with business too much because you know it just causes potential stress that you don't need um but i'm also not like i'm like a, i guess i'm a stubborn do-it-yourself type person so i don't really want to you know i'm not gonna walk up to him and be like hey uh, i heard you have natural gas can i plop some things down on your property and you know have these machines run so i can make money off of it no i'm not gonna do that um so to be honest and i mean he's a buffalo farmer i didn't think he'd be even remotely interested in bitcoin that's why i didn't even talk about bitcoin i was talking about just the natural gas um but anyways so i put you know i said well what do you mean he said asked how it works i said yeah i need like a generator and you know like probably need you know capital contribution from some but you know investors i know that would be interested but um you know it's like it could be done um so basically he was like yeah you know i'd be interested um but i have to talk to the person that like owns the actual well um you know and in that scenario might have to pay the equivalent of a couple cents per kilowatt um but that's still great um so i don't know i mean we'll we'll see also we'll have to build a shelter around <laughs> the hash huts because uh, i don't think the buffalo would uh enjoy having a bunch of computers going hey right in their ears um they might get a little aggressive with those so yeah um i don't know that's the next uh the the new phase or the I don't want to say the next step because it's not like I moved beyond the other steps. It's just, I guess, another added layer to my Bitcoin mining journey. Um, and yeah, you know, I uh, we'll see. I don't know. But I told you guys I'd let you know what's going on in that space. And I mean, I saw with the price going up, I think the hash price is around eight and a half cents. So, I mean, you know, it's going in the right direction. Um, but uh, I also... I've tweeted about this a couple of times, but don't be dependent on the number go up technology and just say that it's not saying any of you in particular, um, but it's been a little evident that uh, a lot of people are still too dependent on the number go up technology. And to be completely honest with you, I was until last spring and I realized the fault in my ways I realized I was so wrong and why would I ever do that? Um, no, actually it was a conversation with Hoddle Magoo uh, that you should check out. I don't know what BMS episode that is, but go back and look. I think it was April of 2022. Um, the realization that, you know, like you got to take a long look in the mirror and that's what I had to do after I had that conversation with him. I was like, are you dependent? Like looking at myself, like, are you dependent too, depending too much on this number go up technology and I realized I was um, and then Phil even helped me realize that I was like kind of over leveraged I wasn't you know leveraged like wasn't taking out loans or um, you know not like mortgaging taking out a second mortgage or anything like that so that I could uh, buy Bitcoin with it but it was a little too out over my skis um you know and i didn't tell phil what my stack situation was but he was like eh, phil it was like around 30k phil was like 
probably going to go down. You know, like there's a good chance. I mean, Powell's not stopping anytime soon. Rates are going to go keep going up. Risk assets are going to keep taking a hit, you know. Um, so, you know, don't buy more than you can afford to lose. And all that kind of stuff, you know, is, is more to be aware. So anyways, I'm just trying to warn other people, don't be dependent on number go up technology. Because that is a really bad way to plan your financial future. Um, save in Bitcoin. Again, buy Bitcoin with money that you don't need, that you can go without touching for four years. Um, and, you know, increase your cash flows. That's what you need to be looking at. Uh, you know, there's that Reddit or whatever where people are overemployed and they're working like four jobs from home. I'm not recommending doing that, but that's one way to increase your cash flows. Um, but yeah, you know, two jobs, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, I don't know. Whatever you can do, um, you know, you also have to live your life. So I'm not saying, you know, spend 16 hours a day uh, slaving away just to, you know, stack Bitcoin. But um, also, you know, trim, trim your budget, you know, pull back on your spending, uh, you know, every time dollar, you know, with time. Sorry. Okay. Yawn into the microphone because I came out of nowhere and I don't feel like cutting it out later. And I don't have a cough button. Um, but, you know, there have been times where, let's just say, it'd be easier to buy dinner than it would be for my wife or I to make dinner. Which, to be completely honest, my wife cooks 99.9% of the time. So let's just say there might be a day where it's like, you know, uh, let's just, let's, it's easier let's buy something um but then she's like eh, you know let's we got something we can throw something together and this is where i occasionally learn how to cook um you know beyond the spaghetti i mean it involves me asking her a lot of questions uh which i'm sure is really relaxing for her <laughs> if i say i'll cook but by the way do you mind sitting close by with an earshot so that i can ask you a question every two minutes um so uh, anyways, yes, there have been times like that where I'm like, you know what, we potentially just saved $40 by staying in. So that's $40 in Bitcoin I'm going to buy. Just random stuff like that. But, um, you know, don't get yourself so NGU number go up, desperate, you know, like I said, increase your get increase your cash flows and uh then you can increase your stacking and uh you know just keep your head down and I, i'm telling you like i i'm not making price predictions anything like that let's say you're in your 20s even in your 30s hell even if you're in your 40s if you're in your 50s you know your time preference may be a little different because you're like yeah i'm 10 years away from retiring potentially um oh no even then even then you're good but uh you know if you're in your 60s if you're like retiring then i don't know your time preference is a little different um you know if you're in retirement but like looking to have ways to leave something beyond your life then maybe it's a good way to stack i don't know but anyways so say you're like me in your 30s 
and you just put your head down and you work hard to make a good living and just keep setting money aside, keep setting money aside. I bet you in 10 years, you're going to pick your head up and go, holy crap, did I do something incredible? Um, I'm not saying it's going to take 10 years. I'm just saying, you know, to lower your time preference, just work and, you know, build, build good things, build for the future and um, find a way to preserve your wealth in Bitcoin. And you'll be shocked at where it takes you. Um, so, you know, God, if you're in your 20s, you, you've got the world is your oyster, not to sound like an old fuddy-duddy, but, um, you know, it really is. Uh, and I am 36 and, oh, God. I mean, if at 26, I had started my Bitcoin journey and, well, I guess it started then, but if I started stacking, then my life would be much different right now. Um, I think the price of Bitcoin 10 years ago was maybe like a thousand dollars. So it was not a fringe thing. It was somewhat mainstream. I mean, mainstream enough that like articles and all that kind of stuff, it was beyond the Bitcoin talk forum. Um, Yeah. If I had, you know, I, I spent the last 10 years working hard anyways and saving up cash and all that kind of stuff. And if I had just been stacking Bitcoin that whole time, my, oh my, would be a much different world that I'm in right now. Um, so, you know, I'm just saying, uh, don't be dependent on NGU, just stack what you can and keep your focus on what you can do to provide for yourself and increase your cash flows. Uh, before I get to the next thing, just another reminder to get your coins off the exchange with the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet from Shift Crypto. Shiftcrypto.ch slash Bitcoin made simple and use the promo code Bitcoin made simple to get 5% off. Um, I like how the show is called Bitcoin made simple and like I do the opposite of that. Um, I don't understand it nearly as well as I'd like to and nowhere near where many people do. Originally, I guess that was because I was interviewing people, but um, I also, I tweeted this out recently after, with my last episode. I was like, if there's someone I want to interview, then I'll interview them. And I'm not saying that people that I interviewed in the past were people I didn't want to interview. I've always wanted to interview anyone that I interviewed. But um, if you notice, I've done so many solo episodes because I'm like, you know, I just don't like there's, I don't want to bring on people that have been on other pods and ask them the same questions that you've heard on other pods and regurgitate the same information on other pods. So it's like, what, what can I do, you know, to make this podcast worth your while and uh, get anything out of it? Because if I'm just delivering the same podcast that everyone else is delivering, then, you know, I'm effectively bringing no worth to this space, no value to this space. Um, so, you know, and like you have the people like Daniel Prince, who's just, you know, doing interview after interview and crushing it. Um, you know, and Peter McCormack, uh, you know, 
has obviously tons of interviews and Preston is doing them. And, you know, we have Phil and Luke in this, uh, in this podcast network here doing it. Um, so there's just so many. And um, yeah, I, 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 you know, if, unless something really like catches my attention, I was like, I'm just going to be a pleb talking to plebs about Bitcoin and what I'm going through. Um, and, uh, and I think, I hope, it helps um, because, you know, this is kind of a, uh, a lonely journey. We have each other, but uh, you know, you might be sitting there thinking, am I thinking, am I the only one thinking these things? And maybe you hear my smooth brain talk about it and go, oh, you know what? I'm not the only one, um, you know? So it's like, I'm, it's almost like I'm broadcasting a signal over pirate radio out into the ether and just, you know, it's the zombie apocalypse. It's the walking dead. And I'm sending out that radio signal to let everyone know that, Hey, there's still someone else out here. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not the, uh, the usual suspect. So anyways, um, Oh, so Magoo in his space was talking about business. He wasn't specifically talking about the businesses being fragile, per se but um i mean he was talking about swan and he had terrence on there and he was you know really giving terrence a hard time um which you know is uh come to expect at this point it's always fun um but uh you know he was talking about he was taking guesses at like what swan's burn rate is all those kinds of things i think because swan may or may not be considering going public i don't know and I'm not going to get into numbers. I'm not going to speculate on how they're doing because I think they're doing well. But I will tell you that, um, you know, a lot of businesses, like you look around at, you know, all the businesses that are out there. And to the average person, like, you're like, oh, I mean, like, look at them. They're set. They're ready to go. Like, you guys might look at Movies Plus and be like, like, Corey is set. I'm not. Um, you know, and you know, Swan is another one where you could be like, you'd be like, man, you know, Corey Clipston and Swan, like they're just crushing it, which they are. Um, but it's like, oh, they're set. And that's not really ever the case with business. Um, you're always not too far away from being out of business, which is incredibly stressful and hard on the entrepreneur life. Um, but, uh, you know, so yeah, it's just you don't under you don't really know what the fragility of different businesses is at the moment or you know what it's going to be. But like, you know, I can tell you guys with Movies Plus, Movies Plus is so fragile that we could have been out of business multiple times in the last two years. Um, you know, and we kept getting saved by the skin of our teeth. Um partly because <laughs> I mean I've put my life savings into this. So, you know, either I'm an idiot or that was a good decision. I think it was a good decision, but, uh, you know, maybe I'm an idiot. I don't know. Uh, and you know, if you, if you, if you stand for something and you believe in something, then, you know, and you don't take the risk, then you'll always be wondering what if, what if, what if, what if, so, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I, uh, there's so many sacrifices being made for businesses to keep the lights on 
keep the employees in and and keep it going. And like, you know, if the money dries up all of a sudden, you know, how long of a runway does the average company have? Probably not very far. You know, businesses are so dependent on cash flow. It's it's not all dependent on cash flow, but most businesses aren't Apple sitting there on this stockpile of billion, 50 billion in cash or whatever they have. Um, so, you know, it, it, it is cash flow dependent. Um, even, you know, when companies go public, you know, it's a, basically a fundraising effort to raise funds and increase the amount of capital they have to work with without having to give up much power. Um, because you know you're not getting people buying controlling interest as a private investor um so you know even in that scenario it's like you gotta like the cash flows have to keep increasing like just because you became flush with cash through a uh you know an ipo or whatever it is it doesn't mean that like you just take that money home you know and like hey like line your pocket no that was fun i'm out no like that capital was there to you know, invest. I mean, a good example is like Pixar. Pixar went public, perfect and genius timing. Went public, I think like the Monday or Tuesday after Toy Story came out. So Toy Story comes out, crushes it at the box office. Pixar goes public, crushes it at their IPO. And, you know, Steve Jobs obviously was the one behind that, pulling the strings there to make that happen. But, um, then what did they have to do? They had to take that capital and expand the team so that they can increase revenues. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it gets tiring from time to time. Um, I can tell you, I can tell you there are some times that like at the end of the day, I sit down with my wife and I'm like, I, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, what am I doing? I'm like, it feels like you're smacking your head against a brick wall. And I was like, am I doing something? Am I being an idiot? I think that's another question that's constantly popping up in my head and maybe other entrepreneurs heads. Like, am I being the stupidest person alive? And I'm constantly taking a step back and going like, if I were someone else and I was observing my current situation, would I be looking at going like, what the hell is he doing? Like, how stupid is he for doing this? Um, and if the answer is yes, then I would probably make a change. Uh, so far, the answer has not been yes. Uh, retroactively, looking back on some decisions I've made in the eight years that I've been on my own, um, yeah, there are times I'm like, God, that. I mean, so many times, so many lessons learned over those eight years um, and uh, mistakes that I'll never make again and times that we were really on the brink. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I guess my message to you guys is that you never know the fragility of businesses, even like a company like Target. Target makes so much money, blah, blah, blah. Like their margins are so razor thin between, you know, so it's like if you accidentally had something in your your basket and you didn't pay for it, you're like, yeah, what the heck? It's just a $10 item from Target. They're not going to care. You know, they're killing it. They don't, you know, whatever. Uh, that's not really true because like, like I said, they're, they're so razor thin. So like if it only happened one time in the whole country, sure. Target would be fine. 
but you know just extrapolate that across all their locations and the times that it would accidentally you know like truly accidentally happen um you know i mean i came i do remember one time there was a toothbrush that i got home from not target but somewhere else and i was like i don't know if i paid for this and i looked at the receipt and i was like yeah i didn't i didn't put it in there i don't know maybe who knows maybe it was in there already i have no idea maybe one of my kids grabbed it and threw it in whenever i was looking god only knows but it was a toothbrush and it was like 99 cents but then you still look at it you're like that happens in aggregate across all these you know locations Eh, that you know that that can hurt that can cause people to lose jobs that can you know cause problems so um yeah the point behind the razor thin razor's edge that businesses sit on is that like you know i'm here to tell you guys with movies plus we're doing good but good is relative um you know like we're cash flow positive but we need to be cash flow positive for um because let's just say we're in like a position where it's like oh hey you know a, a certain couple things could be taken care of with our current cash flow but if we don't like if i put all the capital that comes in if i put all the revenue towards that you know being things like my salary and other people like being able to bring on other staff and whatnot if i put the money towards that solely that then movies plus isn't going to grow because you have to market you have to grow you have to put money into marketing to keep things going and keep the relevance going and so you can't do that you know it's not like oh man you know let's just say like you know we're we're bringing an x number of dollars which is you know the same amount of our you know overhead plus my salary and someone else's salary man we're good to go no uh you're not because if you just focus on your salaries which you know i did i was guilty of in the past before movies plus i was just so focused on like getting my salary getting my salary and it's probably prevented me from growing a little bit further but um but you know then also at the same time like push comes to shove ladies and gentlemen and like so you know you're always on razor's edge and that goes for like the personal finances you know it's like movies plus i envision that movies plus will be around forever i envision it's the next big thing to take on netflix and the big guys and you know really revamp and revitalize the independent spirit of hollywood um but at the same time if a couple catastrophic things happen you know, I don't know, I guess I'm six months away from working somewhere. I don't know. Like, I have no idea. Like, that's the that's the delicate balance that you're, like, dancing on, especially whenever you're, you know, in my situation, putting your personal money in and at risk. Um, you know, you're just constantly dancing. Uh, and so it's a tough, tough, I don't know. I'm just asking you guys to, I guess, commiserate with me because, um, you know, when I talk to my wife about these things, like, oh my God, you know, just the uncertainty and like the constant fluctuation gets exhausting. And, 
you know, if you, the example I could make would be like, you know, you have, you know, people work at a job and most people, especially back in the day, but I guess less so now, but people get a job and they essentially stay there for life, you know, maybe change a couple times throughout their professional career, depending on the field that they're in. Um, but like people very rarely get in overall, I'm saying is people very rarely get like fired or laid off. Um, you know, it doesn't happen. Like, you know, it doesn't, somebody doesn't retire and go like, God, I was fired like 15 times, you know, (laughs) or like I was laid off 15 times. It just doesn't happen. Like, but, um, so that's why, you know, regular people in regular jobs are just that cash flow is expected to be there month after month. Um, and so I complain, I guess, to my wife, uh, and complain about what it's like to be an entrepreneur because like, you know, that cash flow doesn't come out of thin air. Like it does whenever you work at a job, you know, you work at whatever job, if it's, you know, the bigger company, the more, it seems that it comes out of thin air, but, um, you know, when you're an entrepreneur and I know some of you are, so you guys can commiserate with me. I mean, it is like a constant fear of going out of business, a constant threat that like you're three, four, five, six months away from being done and having, you know, just basically, (laughs) having to get a job or whatever so it's a constant thing whereas like if you work at a regular job you just have your cash flow it comes and goes and all of a sudden one day it happens two times maybe in your entire professional life all of a sudden it comes to a screeching halt and you get fired or laid off or the company goes out of business something like that and that's why that's such a devastating moment for people because like it's a it is a such a nice comfort level to live in that like that comfort of like hey you know like my cash flow is good, you know. I bring in a little bit more than I, you know, spend, and you know, put a little bit away every month. Blah blah blah. Um, and uh, yeah, when you're an entrepreneur, I guess your my point is that you're. I keep stressing to my wife is that it's like a day in and day out. Uh, you're living in the scenario that someone who is uh, just lost their job. You're constantly going through that. You're constantly looking at how far of a runway do I have because you know, and you get fired or something, you're like, oh, I, well, I got, you know, I saved up. I got like six months of runway. Um, so that should be good. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess that's good, but like, holy crap, you only six months of runway. Um, and, uh, you know, you'll get a job before then and you'll be fine. And, you know, then your runway then in your mind is in perpetuity because your cash flow is in your mind in perpetuity. Um, so yeah, that's just uh, you know, to to let you guys know that I'm I'm dancing here, uh, and this has got to kick it up to the next level. Like really, it's got to kick it up. Like we're doing well. We're at an all time high in subscribers, uh, for Movies Plus. So it's like I shouldn't be complaining, in a sense. But um, honestly, in the next in the next six months. I need to probably 3x our subscribers. 
like multiply by three. I need to, in the next three months, probably double them um, for us to be in a position to be doing what, to keep growing. Like, because otherwise it would just be something that sits on the, withers on the vine and dies. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's something that we got to, we got a two X three X here in a short period of time. And, uh, you know, I appreciate all of you that have supported us, uh, cause it goes a, a long, long way towards helping us uh, achieve, you know, what it, the vision is that I've set out for, you know, freedom of speech for all and creating a, a good platform with good content that isn't, doesn't have an agenda. Um, so anyways, that being said, use promo code Corey to get $6 off and get your annual subscription for $24. Go to mymoviesplus.com, promo code Corey. Um, so anyways, and I appreciate all of you guys listening as always. And I rambled on longer than usual today, but yeah, I was just sharing my thoughts with you and, you know, just stack sats, keep stacking, staying humble and increasing your cash flow and increasing your stack. Keep your head down and uh, everything will be fine. So I uh, appreciate you guys and also check out the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. And I appreciate Shift Crypto for being a sponsor of the show. I will talk to you guys later.